The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The book opens just after World War II ends with an encounter between a West of Ireland-born friar in a monastery high in the Dolomites of northern Italy and a German trying to evade capture by the victorious Allies. But the real action begins 12 years later in the drab Dublin of the 1950s when the body of a young woman is discovered in a lockup, an apparent suicide. Um, but that is where the unlikely Protestant Garda detective Sinjin Stravard uh, comes in, soon to be joined by another familiar character, the pathologist Dr. Quirk, and we have a brilliant whodunit in the making. The author of The Lockup is the multi award winning writer of both literary and popular fiction, John Banville, who joins me in the studio. John, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Pat. You return to familiar territory, I think. Um, The fascination you have with the the remnants of World War II and the drab Dublin of 1950s. Yeah, it's a wonderful time to write about. I mean, if you want to write noir fiction, Dublin 1955 is just right. Uh, I love that period. I love writing about it. But I think the, the, the spur for this one was that I was always fascinated by the fact that there's a small Jewish community in Cork, of all places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew a couple of people from there. David Marcus was a book editor in the Irish Times. But his brother, Louis Marcus, the documentary filmmaker, used to tell a wonderful story that after the war, when all the terrible news was coming out about the, the death camps, and he was about 10, and he was, you know, had nightmares about it. And one spring night, there was a knock at the door, and his mother told him to go and answer the door. When he opened the door, there was an enormous red-headed priest standing there and said, I'm here for the Jews. <laughs> and of course, it was Easter time. He was here for the Easter dues. <laughs> you know, D&J. And, <laughs> and the poor kid was terrified. But he used to tell it as a, as a funny story. I mean, not many laughs in, in, that, in that particular area. But I love the notion of, of, of the Jews. And, and Quirk, uh, is, he's been lost his wife and I wanted to cheer him up a bit so I brought over the victim's daughter from England to, to uh, bring him some some solace. Yeah, she being a, a journalist with uh, the Daily Express. Daily Express. Not, yeah. um, the, the plotting of uh, your characters I mean people are familiar with St. John Stratford they're familiar with uh, Dr. Quirk they don't like each other much it would appear. No. They don't. What I like about St. John Stratford is, as you said, I mean, he's an absolute impossibility. You couldn't have had uh, an Irish ascendancy Protestant son of the big house as a detective in the Irish Guard of Forces. And, and just with his happened. polished oxblood coloured yeah. shoes yes. and, uh, uh, you know, impeccably groomed, yeah. and yet uh, his, and, his and boss he, is the most slovenly boss imaginable. And he's a, he's a snob and... Uh, <laughs> it amuses me uh, to do these things. Uh, you know, there's a sort of childish pleasure in writing this this kind of book, and I hope that the reader will get an equally childish mm-hmm. pleasure out of reading it. Um, when you say childish pleasure, do you find this kind of writing, you know, it's a whodunit, it's very readable, uh, do you find it easy or easier to write this kind of book than what might be termed your literary fiction? No, it's a different kind of writing. Uh, I write it quickly and I write it, I hope, spontaneously. And the results should be spontaneous. I mean, that's how that kind of fiction should be written. But uh, now that I've sort of finished writing my my other kinds of books, 
the last one, the singularities, was, I think, the last one. Uh, the crime fiction, I think, will become more, quote, literary, unquote, which will be amusing. I've, a friend of mine said to me the other day, he said, oh, you're going to gentrify the crime novel. That's <laughs> a good way of putting it. Mm. Uh, so are we going to see a joint enterprise with these two characters in future books? Oh, yeah, they will, they will, they will stick together because... Uh, St. John Stafford is involved with Quirk's daughter, much to Quirk's chagrin and anger. Um, so they're sort of, whatever they do, they're, they're unwillingly, but they're joined at the hip. Yeah. Um, going back to the, the settings of um, your book and this thing of the 1950s, uh, obviously, Dublin didn't change that much right through the 50s uh, until the records of the 1960s started to knock down Georgie and Dublin and, and, and so on. What is it about that period? Was it a time when, you know, when you arrived in Dublin that uh, this stuff was still very visible, still extant, and it's a Dublin that's harder to find now? You know, that lock up at the back of Mount Street or whatever, um, that's probably an office block now. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's changed a great deal, but... It's funny, that part of Dublin, around the canal, around Mount Street, uh, around Bagatonia, as it's called, there's uh, quite a bit of that still uh, surviving. But in the 1950s, of course, all of Dublin was, was an old Dublin. And look, let's not get carried away. It was a bleak place. Life was bleak. Ireland was poor, both economically and spiritually in those days. There wasn't much fun. Uh, hence all that, all those gallons of Guinness and Jemison. Yeah. And that is one thing that permeates your book. And I wondered when I was uh, reading it, um, and I've never asked you this question before, but were you, are you a smoker? I was, yes. Oh, I was a kind of enthusiastic smoker. Because <laughs> smoking permeates the pages of the book. They're always lighting up a fag or putting one out or looking for an ashtray. Yeah, but cast your mind back. Everybody smoked in those days. You went into a pub and there was a solid cube of smoke in the pub that yeah. you had to fight your way through. Everybody smoked. Um, yeah. I remember years ago, uh, Donnie's and Esbeth's pub was a pub that I used to go to regularly. And then they decided, Tom and Ned decided they'd paint the place. And I was so disappointed when I came in after the painting to find that the ceiling, which was that kind of indented, yeah. uh, embossed wallpaper on the ceiling, mm -hmm. uh, was now bright cream. And I thought, mm. oh, I loved that brown colour they yeah, had it painted. It was, yeah, the, the, it was kippered. All the ceilings were kippered. Well, within, within a month, it was back to the colour <laughs> from the nicotine that was floating up to the ceiling and discolouring the ceiling. How we all survived, I don't know, because, uh, you know, even if you weren't a smoker and you went into one of those pubs, you may as well be a smoker. Mm. And the same thing applies to drink. I mean, there's a drink at every hand's turn. Well, you know, life was so, as I say, so bleak. The church had its stranglehold on us. As somebody said to me, somebody my age said to me, in those days, everything was a sin. <laughs> if it was fun at all, it was a sin. Yeah. Um, so you know, it was it was a dark time, and people escaped from it into into drink. Yeah, um, Spike Milligan used to tell the story of of going to a pal who was a Jesuit, and he said to them, "Father, is it a sin to look at naked women?" 
And the Jesuit replied, of course it is. If it wasn't, we'd all be doing it. <laughs> um, now, in in the book, the, the generality of the population, which uh, just got, went about its daily work in this greyness of the drab Dublin of the nineteen fifties, with uh, maybe the the slight illumination of a Jamais restaurant or something like that. But your uh, concentration, I suppose, on your minority figures. I mean, you have obviously um, St. John Strafford, who is of the aristocracy and is Protestant in the police force. You have this uh, pathologist, a fairly rare profession anyway, uh, who's been now widowed twice. Um, you like to look, if you'll pardon the, the, the pun, at the quirky side of Irish life. Well, is there another side? <laughs> and this is a very strange little country. Uh, it's endlessly entertaining. Even in those days, even those dark times, it was very funny. Um, I remember getting off a, a bus one day and there was a, a very camp uh, middle-aged man uh, got off and the, um, the bus conductor said to him, Hey, fairy, you left your umbrella. No, if, hey, fairy, you left your wand. And he ah. gave him back his umbrella. And the gay guy tapped him on the shoulder and said, turn to, I won't say what. <laughs> he treated the umbrella as a yeah, wand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of desperate wit, desperate humour. I mean, it was a desperate time. We were, you know, you never knew what was going to happen to you next. You never knew if, if you were in public life. You never knew if the church was going to take against you. If you're going to say something wrong on Radio Aaron, uh, you know, or in the public prints. And you could, I mean, the young now don't, I, I suspect they can't even believe this. I was telling my daughter one day about censorship of books. And she said to me, books were censored in Ireland? And I said, yes, my dear, up until the 1990s. I said, they're probably still being banned for all we know. Yeah, who knows whether the, the, the Censorship of Publications Act is probably right. still there, but whether or not they are as uh, rigorous as, as they but might the have been. The strangest thing about the book censorship was that the board itself, the censorship board didn't ban books. Somebody in the public had to bring a book to their attention. That's how it was done. Yeah. And there were lots of people who were only too happy to bring a book to them. I always thought uh, growing up that the people who were in the censorship of publications uh, office must have been utterly corrupted by the things they, they were forced to read. Yes, <laughs> well, John, the current uh, book, it's its brilliant. The Lockup, it is called. And as I mentioned, it features two of your favourite characters. It's uh, out right now and it's a whodunit in a classic form. And John Banville, its author, thank you very much for joining us in studio today. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.